how did we end up uh, with the idea that digital technology automatically would make the world a better place? Uh, well, you know, I don't think anybody ever really believed that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I've, I knew a lot of people who were very anxious to see digital technology spread for a lot of good reasons. But it's like other great transitions like electricity. I mean, if you've got electricity in your house, you know that electricity sucks a lot of the time. Like, you can get electrocuted, uh, and uh, you know, the sources of your uh, electricity are probably polluting. Um, but if you have a big storm and there's no electricity in your house, then it sucks even worse, right? So we need to have an attitude toward digital technology that's similar to the one that we have toward electrical networks. And to say digital sucks after 20 or 30 years of digital, I think is a realistic assessment. I mean, it sucks not in the sense that you've got to get rid of it, but it sucks more in the sense of like daily life has real problems. And since um, now our whole life is digital, that means a lot for us that um, yeah, if digital sucks, maybe our whole life sucks as well. Well, you know, I, I would say that's a council of despair because, you know, my life's very electrical too. But my life isn't 100% electrical. And if I don't have electrical, I can't be digital either, right? If I have a power outage, I lose all my digital stuff as soon as the batteries are gone. So, you know, sort of think that like, okay, you know, I've got like too much digital going on and therefore things are terrible. Well, you know, that's, that's not a good attitude to have. On the contrary, a better attitude would be one where you lose your electrical and you lose your digital, but you don't lose your sense of balance. It's more like, okay, I'm still here. I mean, you know, I wasn't digital in my womb. You know, when I go to my grave, I'm not going to be digital in my coffin. I just need like, you know, a mature awareness of what's going on and like an ability to like grapple with real challenges. Looking back, I think the U.S. election was a kind of a turning point for many people. So um, people were shocked that the same digital tools that worked well for Obama could also get Trump elected. So what's your view on this? Uh, well, you know, I'm an older guy, so I've seen a lot of bad American politics. And, you know, this is really pretty bad, but it reminds me a lot of the early days of Reagan. And, you know, a lot of people at the time said Reagan was elected because of television, because he was a Hollywood actor, so he looked good on TV. So if you saw Reagan behaving in public in the first administration, he often did things that were crazier than what Donald Trump's doing now. I mean, he was a better politician than Donald Trump. He was more of a patriot, and he didn't lie anywhere as much because, you know, Trump is really a fraud and a deceiver and a ripoff artist. And, uh, you know, people who knew Ronald Reagan personally thought very well of him. I mean, they thought he was Dutch Reagan, and even though he wasn't very intelligent, he wasn't a malignant or strange person. He was just an ambitious Hollywood actor who had gotten involved in right-wing politics. Whereas Trump is a guy who has very few friends. Really, nobody loves him except for his daughter, Ivanka. So he's a more troubling figure as a politician in that sense. Uh, he likes to fire people. He's very hungry for public attention. Um, but he's not like an absolutely unprecedented disaster. And he's very American. I mean, the Americans did elect Ronald Reagan, even though they knew he was not very smart. They elected him twice. And if you go to the United States now, 
you know, Americans idolize Ronald Reagan. They've like named airports after him. They put him on the currency. They consider him, you know, a, a triumphant president, even though he had many scandals and, you know, he had a very troubled administration. So, you know, the mere fact that Donald Trump has been elected is not a catastrophe. It's more like an embarrassment. Do you think uh, he had to, could have been elected without Twitter? Um, well, you know, he used Twitter very well, uh, and, you know, social media has played into his hands. But I think the thing that's, like, impressive about Trump is his, his, um, his instinct for other politicians. Because he was up against 16, you know, rivals who were better briefed than him, had much more money than him, and could be on Twitter just as easily as he was. And he managed to humiliate every one of them, right? In fact, he still humiliates most rivals in his party because he, he understands you know, people's psyche, psychological weaknesses and he's able to insult them and put them on the back foot, right? Which is a very unusual gift for an American politician to have. But he's always had that gift. Um, he's a game show host. He's been very popular on television for a long time. He's always been charismatic, and he's always had this, um, this ability to do the unexpected and to really, you know, uh, um, to sort of think outside the, the, the box and the norm, right? He has that kind of um, Bonapartist ability to just like do things that nobody would ever expect. So that means he's a disruptor just like many people in Silicon Valley as well. Uh, no, I, you know, I don't give him that. I don't give him that much credit. I don't think he understands high technology very well. I think, he I think he's a demagogue, and I think he understands rhetoric pretty well, uh, which is why I think he would have done well without Twitter. He did very well on conventional television, and he's always done very well in newspapers and magazines. I mean, he's not a good businessman, but he's a very famous man, and he's always been hungry for public attention, and he's always been able to get a lot, right? So um, he's very good at branding, you know? And he's not conventionally intelligent, but he has like good emotional instincts. So, um, you know, he's managed to make almost, what is it, eight months now, six or seven or eight months. You know, if he can do a year or two years, he'll probably do a full term. And if he could do a full term, and if the economy is not too bad, he could easily be reelected under those circumstances. So do you think he is um, the creator of the digital age? No, you know, I think that's giving, giving him too much credit. Like Donald Trump's been around quite a long time. He's 70. He was famous in you know, analog media too. So you know, digital has very little to do with him. I mean, people on Twitter like to talk about Trump being on Twitter. They want people to not, they want Donald to not be on Twitter. Personally, I'm very happy that, that Donald's on Twitter. Uh, I followed him since he first appeared. And, I would actually worry if the Donald didn't have this outlet. You know, the fact that he actually has Twitter, I think, is a is a, uh, a psychological outlet for him. You know, it, it it helps him with his feelings of rage and wounded pride, which are kind of you know tr uh, very troubling for him. So the fact that he can reply to insults is, I think, a kind of safety valve for him. And um, plus, he's very entertaining. Actually, he's, you know, he's much more entertaining than most 
other people on Twitter. So we are now on the second day of uh, this event, the next conference. Um, what are your key takeaways so far? Uh, well, you know, I really like the uh, speech by the Google uh, ethicist, the guy who's like quit Google and gone to work for Oxford. Uh, you know, I haven't been able to see all the events, but I'm following it on social media. My feeling is that if I go to a technical conference, because I've been to many, I mean dozens, maybe, maybe hundreds, <laughs> if I go to a conference and I hear two things that I've never heard before, then I'm a happy guy, right? And here I'm hearing things that are surprising me, you know. There, there are, you know, developments here that interest me and encourage me.